I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. This is Writing Class Radio. You'll hear true personal stories and learn a little bit about how to write your own stories. Together, we produce this podcast, which is equal parts heart and art. And by heart, we mean the truth in the story. By art, we mean the craft of writing. No matter what's going on in our lives, writing class is where we tell the truth. It's where we work out our shit. There's no place in the world like writing class, and we want to bring you in. Before we get to the episode, you guys just do us a favor and just rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, if you will. It just makes people see us, notice us, and sometimes people log in to see how good a podcast is by the ratings. So if you could do that for us, it would help us expand our community. And that would be awesome because we want to meet all of you. Today on our show, we're talking about happy endings. The story we're about to bring you is written and read and sung by Amber Petty. Amber Petty used to be an actor, but now she writes and helps other writers get into freelance writing. In her acting days, she performed at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and did more than 500 shows of the off-Broadway Fifty Shades. She's written for the New York Times, Thrillist, Greatest, Bustle, MTV, IFC, and Snooki's blog. Now, Amber Petty teaches freelance writing and works on very important projects like her book of short stories inspired by the musical Cats. You'll hear Amber Petty's story after the break. I'm Allison Langer, and every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern Time, I host First Draft. It's a class, kind of, because you'll get a little bit of instruction, but mostly it's a group where you come together with other writers online, write to a prompt and share what you wrote. It's the only way to get better. Come join me. Check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com or go to patreon.com slash writingclassradio to learn more. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. We're back. This is Writing Class Radio, and I'm Allison Langer. Here's Amber Petty reading her story. All by myself. Yeah! All by myself. I sang the strains of the Celine Dion favorite with over-the-top conviction. The spotlight hit me perfectly as I wailed out the final notes in triumph. The audience broke into applause. Amber, Amber. A crowd chanted my name as I descended the stairs of the tiny karaoke stage in a dive bar in Chinatown. My friends gave me high fives and an array of strangers kept the compliments coming. Guys, girls, everyone wanted to talk to me. Sure, it was only karaoke, but that night I was a star. That kind of attention wasn't normal. In my early 20s, I was a chubby, bespectacled girl with an equal passion for musical theater and hand-me-down clothes. My style at the time consisted of two questions. Will it hide my stomach? And is it under $5? Couple my lack of body confidence with a splash of social anxiety, and you had yourself one undateable girl. It's not like guys were mean to me or insulted me to my face. Well, one did call me an awkward, ugly loser in an email, but... 
that's just what you get for dating online in the early 2000s. Mostly, I was met with complete indifference. My brief moments of karaoke glory were the only time I wasn't completely invisible. Hard to be sure, sometimes I feel so insecure. In high school, my social status fell somewhere between not cool enough for the drama kids and not weird enough for the goths. One year at Valentine's Day, a dorky kid came over and asked me if he could have my heart. The school was doing some stupid game where the girls would wear paper hearts that the guys would try to steal. What's the educational point of this holiday exercise? No clue. Anyway, as the lanky fellow walked away, I heard him say to a friend, I took it because I felt bad. Nobody likes her. Happy Valentine's Day. Anyway, in senior year, I managed to find a boyfriend, if you use a very loose definition of the word. Coulter was a heavyset guy who made the unfortunate choice to turn his black hair a bright yellow blonde. It was a mistake that plagued many high school guys in the year 2000. But he was a sweethearted delight, and I couldn't believe that he liked me. We saw Moulin Rouge, talked on the phone constantly, and held hands. He never made a move to kiss me, so after a month of dating, I took it upon myself to make the first move. As he dropped me off after seeing the ever-romantic film Shrek, I quickly kissed him on the cheek and ran out of the car in embarrassment. The next day, Coulter called. I just don't want a physical relationship, he said. My kiss on the cheek was enough to drive a man away. I never needed anyone, and making love was just for fun. In college, I decided to go out to karaoke with a few people I interned with. They were mostly ambivalent about my presence until I started singing Fleetwood Mac's The Chain. You could tell they thought I'd be terrible, but I wasn't. I was good. And if you don't love me now, you will never love me again. I can still hear you saying you will never break the chain. My colleagues and the other people at the bar started treating me differently. Instead of being ignored when I asked the bartender for a drink, I got served at a normal pace. Instead of being avoided as the new intern girl, I was part of the conversation. Instead of being utterly asexual to those around me, a stranger shouted out, I've got wood, at the end of my rendition of Son of a Preacher Man. Unfortunately, the harassing sexual statement wasn't what I was looking for, but as a 21-year-old virgin, it was the closest thing I had to a date since high school. But when I dial the telephone, nobody's home. Somehow I managed to get through college without a single date. By 22, I realized that my excuse of every guy is an a-hole simply couldn't be true. If I wanted to find someone, I had to quit being scared of talking to people and make more of an effort. Normally, I'd sit quietly in the corner of the bar, watch my friends get hit on, and then wait for them to come back and talk to me. But nobody wants to take a chance on the brooding girl reading the best of Clifford Odette's in the back of the bar. I had to take a chance. So one night when I went to a bar after an improv show, I decided to take that chance. This particular bar sold popcorn until midnight, and I snatched up one of the last bowls. As I nibbled on the salty goodness, a balding guy in his early 30s came up to me. Can I have some popcorn? He asked. Sure. Oh boy, here is my chance. I could make normal conversation with a human male. What's your name? I asked. Greg. Hi, Greg. I'm Amber. How are you doing? Look, I don't want to actually talk to you. I just came over here for the popcorn. My eyes narrowed in rage. I wanted to say. I didn't even want to talk to you. I was just trying to be nice, you bald piece of shit. Sorry that this popcorn supply is diminishing faster than your hairline. But I didn't say that. 
I didn't even throw popcorn in his face, which is probably my life's only regret. Instead, I said, that's okay, and let him eat my popcorn in silence. Love so distant and obscure remains the cure. A few years later, a friend of a friend rented a karaoke room for her birthday. Almost everyone had left to smoke or get another drink, and it was just me, a very confident gay fellow, and a 25-ish-year-old girl who thought we were really lucky to get to hear her sing. My song came up on the screen, rolling in the deep in the style of Adele. Ugh, the gay fellow exclaimed. I hate when anybody sings this. Yeah, everyone sounds awful on this song, said the girl. Now, this pair had just got done singing A Whole New World in a whole new key of terrible, so I wasn't about to let their bitchiness stop me. I'm now Adele, but I'm as close as you'll get in a karaoke bar at 1 a.m. The second I started singing, the drunk pair was transfixed. When I was done, the girl came up to me with tears in her eyes. You have a gift, she exclaimed as she awkwardly grabbed my shoulder in some drunk form of a hug. As I stood in the awkward embrace of a stranger, suddenly these moments of karaoke grandeur made sense. People weren't responding because I was the world's best singer or because they were too drunk to assess quality. During my four minutes in the karaoke spotlight, I was truly myself. And that brief flash of authenticity drew people in. I mean, I also have a pretty good singing voice, but the being myself bit is the most important thing here. All of my life, I've tried to hide my oddballatry and act like a normal person. I was just scared to say something wrong or drive people away, which gave me little to no personality around new people. In actuality, the real me was a girl utterly unafraid to sing at the top of her lungs with all the emotion of a hundred Celine Dion's. Offstage, I tried to make myself invisible before somebody else could make me feel that way. In karaoke, I happily grabbed all the attention I deserved. I was large loud, and beautiful. Over the years, I've channeled more of my karaoke self into my real life. I found ways to relax and be a weirdo, which led me to a really strong friendship with John, another intern at work. At one of our many intern karaoke nights, I realized that his rendition of I Think I Love You might have a little more real-life meaning than David Cassidy intended. Unfortunately, I couldn't think of a coded message of love to sing back to him, so instead I just told John that I liked him and now we've been married for nine years. Outside of my marriage, I still struggle with feeling comfortable around strangers, and I'm not always as fearless and fascinating as karaoke Amber. But I try to be. At the very least, I'm not going to be all by myself anymore. my god yeah i loved her i loved her she makes me so happy i cannot i want to be friends with her ah i want to go sing karaoke with her me too but i'm so bad i know i love everything about this story the voice itself is so good i mean obviously her physical voice is incredible the way she reads and performs it and sings it is just so heartwarming but i felt this voice on the page. Like she did a great, great job of really showing who she was on the page. She didn't spend a lot of time talking about her physical looks. Like I, I almost don't have a picture of what she looks like and I don't care. I loved that she didn't like stop and elaborate 
every time she gets like punched, basically sucker punched. She just like, okay, and we see who she is and she kind of moves on from there. So we're pulling for her. We want her to stand up for herself, but she's so genuinely sweet. Like she lets this popcorn guy eat all her popcorn. The thought bubble of like, here's my chance. Oh my God. And then when he disses her, she's like, you bald piece of shit. Like I was like, yeah. So I just, I loved, love, love those those particular things. I thought you would love her when she like ripped it in her head about the bald piece of shit. Cause she was like, she had a meanness inside her that was like, so why do we love when someone reveals like their meanness? No, because it's like, then it doesn't make me feel so bad about mine. I'm like, oh good. And it just feels so true. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. One thing I noticed when we were just listening is we definitely, definitely get her personality the whole time. Like from the very first minute, she's singing. She's like, I couldn't, like I took my breath away a little bit when she started. Like she starts with like karaoke Amber. She's singing so hard and she still nailed it. And then there was a confidence in her throughout. She knows she's not that. I mean, she tells us like maybe she doesn't have the best voice in the world, but she knows she has a good voice and she knows she's good at karaoke. And she said it a few times. And I loved, loved that confidence. Like when she goes, these guys, like they, they just got off singing a whole new world and a whole new key of terrible. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I'm no Adele, but I'm the closest to Adele you'll get at a karaoke bar at 1 a.m. So she really had an underlying confidence so that when she lands the man at the end, I mean, I don't want to say it like that. Now she's no longer alone. I mean, I'm not surprised. Not at all. I wanted to talk about how like stories with happy endings just kind of, I don't know. I'm so, I'm sort of like against positivity in the strangest way. Like when you recommend that I listen to certain podcasts, I'm always like, no. Like uplifting, like inspirational. No. Why is that, you think? To me, it feels so fake. It does. It feels like Southern charm gone bad. Like I much prefer people who are like, you know what? If you're in a bad fucking mood, just be in a bad fucking mood. So I think that's why I like stories that don't end on a happy note. I mean, I feel like I'm a positive person now. No, I mean, in some respects you are, I, I, I mean, but this is not about you. So, but I do want to say, yeah, <laughs> well, what? yes, it is because I want to figure out why I love Amber Petty. I'm going to tell you why, because okay. her structure fits right into what we love. She sets it up. She's a total like loser, basically at the top. Although we hear her sing, so we know she's not a loser. And she's just such a kind hearted. We're pulling for her. We really want her to get like, you know, get to the end where she makes something of herself or is happy or whatever it is. Like we're pulling for her because she's so. Um, she's the underdog. Yeah, she's the underdog, but she's also so kind and kind hearted. And she's not like an egotistical, like, uh, if only these people knew how great I was. Like she really, she sees herself like others see her, Right. That thing that they used to ask you when you were in elementary school, like on on your forms that they would fill out. Do you see yourself as other people see you? And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Now I get it. I don't remember that form. Oh, my God. That thing st- sticks in my head because I was like, 
well, what, why do I have to care what other people think? Oh, that's, that's a good question. But I want to know if, if you thought people saw you the way you saw yourself. I mean, I don't even know how I saw myself. Like, I don't think us growing up, I was born in 68. Like, I don't think that we did a little, a lot of introspection then as much as people do now, or at least that I do now. And I see myself, I I see my good, I see my bad. I tell my kids, like, you got good and bad. If you want to change, go ahead and try to change, but you're going to jump through hoops your whole life. Just be you, be the best you you can be. And if people don't like that, find somebody else who does. And I, I, I just go back to like all my friends from high school, like we're all so different. And there's things that I'm sure I do that bug the shit out of my friends sometimes, but then I do a bazillion things that they love. And that's why they love me like crazy because I guess, you know, they just put up with me because I've known them so long, but I, I must have some redeeming qualities, but I'm not going to focus on all the negative shit. I want to say, wait, this isn't about you, but I'm um, oh, sorry, <laughs> no, 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 but I do want to make it about you. <laughs> But I do want to make it about you for a second. You like that? How I turn it from you to me? Yeah, right. You're like, this isn't about you. <laughs> 10 minutes on what I was like in high school. I actually do think that you, Allison, or maybe you're better now, but when we first met, I don't think you had a sense of how other people saw you. I think that you were like, so it's interesting that you had that question in, in, in even elementary school. So how do people see me since you met me? They see you as very, very confident and intimidating. They see you as like poised and direct. I think the reason I like you is because you're not that sunny. I mean, you're not, you are positive, but you're not fake positive. Um, What Amber did is she did know herself. It seems like she knew herself the whole time. Yeah. And she's just like, okay, he, that guy gave him a kiss. He doesn't like me anymore. Like she, it's not that she wasn't sure who she was. I don't know if she did or was or wasn't sure. No, she did. Because remember she said, I wasn't cool enough for the goth kids. I wasn't geeky enough for the, like she pretty much knew exactly where she stood in the social hierarchy. And so I trusted her. I know. But what I'm trying to say is we don't really know how she felt about that. She didn't. So some people may have taken the angle. Like I was a geek in high school. I was an outcast. And this is how I've gone on with my life. But she did not take that line of thinking and that storytelling line. What she did is she showed us her evolution through karaoke. And that's what made it so different than some of the other stuff that I've read or we get and stuff. Yes, everybody has a transformation, but it's how you figure out how you're going to tell it. Is that going to be an interesting story? And Amber came up with a very interesting story, right? A very interesting, first she started with this situation, right? The situation of her being this person who wasn't cool. But then, well, the situation is her, her stepping up on stage to karaoke. I see it as different. I think the situation is here. You have this girl who is not very cool and she's trying to figure out a way or she finds a way, not even that she tried to figure it out. She found a way to really come into herself and find her people, find herself and be good with who she was. That's the story as we say it on Writing Class Radio. The situation is girl steps on stage a bunch of times at karaoke. The story is I realize in karaoke, I am me to my core and people will love me for that. The reason why I say that is because the whole first part is a setup. So yes, the karaoke can also be a situation. I think maybe there's two situations here. Here you've got this backstory of a girl who, or, you know, whatever, however you choose to see it, we could argue about this all day, but there is a situation, but she has made meaning 
of the situation. And that's why we love it so much. It wasn't that she just got up on karaoke and was like, woo, but she really interprets it. She makes meaning of it and she moves forward in her life with that new appreciation for herself and her, who she is. There's another thing I loved about it, which is her commitment, her commitment to singing, her commitment to knowing herself. Like this narrator is committed. Ah, that was brilliant. I loved how much she knows about all the music and the songs and the details that are put in here are so good. You will never break the chain. Ah, I started to sing with her. I know. And when you start singing, I always get worried because unlike her, you do think you're really good. (laughs) No, no, I know I'm really bad. I like I but I'm like Amber. I still love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Amber Petty. And thank you for listening. For more Amber, please visit amberpetty.com or at Amber N. Petty on Instagram. Amber also has a newsletter that lists open writing jobs. Yeah, she's very generous with giving job opportunities. I mean, writing job opportunities. Sign up for free at amberpetty.com slash sign up. Writing Class Radio is produced by Allison Langer, me, Andrea Askowitz, and by Matt Kundle and Evan Sorminski at the Sound Off Media Company. Theme music by Justina Chandler. There's more writing class on our website, writingclassradio.com, including video classes, essays to study, and editing resources. If you love the lessons you get on each episode, you can get them all in one place on our three-part video series for just $50. Click video classes on our website. If you want to be part of the movement that helps people better understand each other through storytelling, follow us on Patreon and join at any level. For $10 a month, I will answer all your publishing questions. For $25 a month, you can join Allison's first draft weekly writing group. It's awesome. You write to a prompt and share your work. It meets every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern. Go to patreon.com slash writing class radio. And the good thing about that class is you also, with that $25 a month, get access to Andrea for you don't have to pay any extra. So it's a twofer. True that. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our story. Everyone has a story. What's yours? You'll either die or you will be fine. Or die. I'm Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.